Hello, Sci-Fi fans. This is Julie Caitlin Brown, and you know me from Babylon 5. And you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now your hosts, Scott and Miles. Your table is ready. Live long and prosperous. This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Well, just put the cow away, would you? Well, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 183. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening. I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, kids. It's M. Zero Garcia. Yay, yay, we're back. It, it always seems so long, but it's only two weeks, but it seems like forever. It does. but It does it, seem like forever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Em, how in the heck are you doing? I am peachy keen, my friend. Peachy keen. How about yourselves? Oh, very good, very good. Been busy. School's starting up. Right, Miles? School. Not for you. Not for me, though. Not for you. <laughs> but for me, I, I, I got to tell you something. I had, a, I had excitement last week. Please tell us about it. I will tell you about it. So, so here's the story. Last week, we had in-service days. We had two in-service days. I'm a school teacher. If you don't know that, but that, that by now, you probably just joined, and we're glad to have you. But I'm a school teacher by day, and, of course, my summer's ending. Um, so we had an in-service day. I walk into my classroom, right? And I'm there, I get there insanely early, like six o'clock in the morning, because I'm an early person. I'd rather work an hour and a half in the morning than stay after three. And nothing abnormal. Go to my in-service day, and then we break for lunch, eat my lunch, and go back to my classroom to do work. Well, I open up the door to my classroom, Mm -hmm. and there is the snake lying there, like kind of wrapped around one of the legs of one of the, uh, the desks. And I'm thinking... This thing's totally fake, right? It's, you know, it looks plastic. And the the, the department I'm in is not beyond pulling pranks. And that's what right? I think this is. Right. So I'm like, hey, they're pranking me. They're looking for a reaction. I'm not going to give them this reaction. Don't give them this satisfaction. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, you know, I'm not, I'm not new to this, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> and so I walk in and I'm like moving around, you know, as like, moving my computer closer, plugging it in. And I'm kind of casually looking at the thing lying on the floor. And and the head of this thing looks like it's slowly moving backwards. But you know um, you know how you can stare at something for a while and it actually looks like it's moving and it's not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking, right? And so I sit down to do work and I look at it again and then the tongue darts out. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Oh, my sweet that, Jesus. I'm like, that is not... <laughs> fake <laughs> so i get up kind of edge I, I get up i don't scream like a little girl miles sorry um and then, sure that's what you're telling scream us scream yeah, like a big girl that's right i, I screamed <laughs> like a banshee and so i get up kind of edge myself you know edge my way around the room because i'm like i don't you know it's black snake but you know i'm not 
I'm not, it's not like I hang out with snakes every day, right? Um, and, I, and I go to tell the social studies department, which is the nearest room next to me, and, I, and there's like a couple teachers in there. I say, hey, guys, there's a snake in my room. And they're like, yeah, right. Sure, there's a snake in your room. But uh, it was. There was mm-hmm. a, it, was, it was six foot long. So how did you? Oh my god! It was. It was of the snake. like a little garter snake. This thing's like a. It was like massive. It was. I'm like, looking at the picture. Did you Did you the find it on my Facebook page? Yeah. Yes, those tiles are are two feet. No, no, they're a foot long and it's kind of scrunched they're together. Foot. And when you stretched out the snake, which we didn't do, but it was it was five to six foot long. Mm-hmm. <gasps> no exaggeration. Oh my God! Uh, I would have I would have screamed like a frightened man. I will post That's... it in the show notes. All right, <laughs> so you guys can see what I'm talking about. It's just not it just... it's not something you expect. First of all, my door was closed. There's no way that sucker's fitting underneath my door. Um, and what's scary is what I was in there like in the morning for like an hour and a half, and that thing had to be in my room somewhere, right? It just makes me curious how it got in the first. place. I don't place. know. I'm three floors up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and you just never know. Yeah, you just never know, right? <laughs> you know, so I'm just waiting for all its babies to get out, right? Well, maybe ask the biology department <laughs> if uh, did you call animal snakes. control, or did you just kind of go to another room? No, so I go, I go up to tell. I'm in the English department, English teacher. So I go up to the English department, right, and uh, and to let them know that there's a snake in my room, and they all go running down, and I call the office to let them know that there's a snake in my room. By the time I get back to my room, one of the one of the special ed teachers, uh, you know, has taken this snake and has kind of herded it into my trash can and is carrying it down the hall outside, right? So I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even like get well, to prove done. my manlyhood by like wrestling the snake or anything. Like she just did it. So, <laughs> but it was, it was quite the adventure and quite the talk of the town because you're just not used to seeing that sort of snake. You don't expect that sort of snake in a public school, right? At least no. not in this area. No, not my area. Maybe maybe in the biology department. What you do in a private school? No, this is a public school. You know, but it's like a middle middle of a college town. You just don't see a lot of snakes. Well, no. What was that? You you said you don't expect that kind of thing in a public school. What do you think private schools have snakes <laughs> all around? the time? All the time. Uh, herpetology department. Well, you know, it depends where you're at. It, maybe it's a private school, like in the backwoods of Tennessee. You know, at that one church where they kind of wrangle snakes. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, you might. Yeah, maybe, yeah. you know. You know, maybe. You know, they need them to, like, practice. But hmm. Anyways, I'm, if you live in Tennessee, I would love you guys, honestly. <laughs> so I don't want you to anyway. turn this off. But, yes. So nothing to do with sci-fi, but it was kind of bizarre mm-hmm. just to kind of see this thing wow. in the middle of just where you don't expect. And, you know, the next day, anytime I enter my room now, I'm always doing, like, this, you know, 180, you know, 360, like, perimeter of the room, you know, scouting it out. And as I'm sitting there working, I just casually glance around to make sure there's no other snakes around. But It would have been, we'll say, interesting if, if this snake appeared when you had students in the classroom. Yeah, well, you know what I'm thinking of doing is posting that picture up on the front board. It's like, you know, randomly you might see one of these. So if you guys, you know, want to change your classes, because I have a huge class first block, I can just say, hey, you guys want to change your classes. I'm not going to be against that. I'll sign you out. <laughs> Get a smaller class. Right. <laughs> Anyways, it's not what we're here about. Um, but yeah, so M, I understand you have a con coming up this weekend. Actually, by the time this airs, it'll be after it. What what cons coming up this weekend for you? 
So Intervention Con in Rockville, Maryland is coming up, and it's basically all things, all fun things, internets, all things writing, all things... All things creative, and um, it's put together by a small group. It's a nonprofit kind of con, like you do. Um, and it's, I, I'm looking forward to it. It starts on Friday, and I'm going to try and get some time in there on Friday afternoon since I still have half day Fridays at my big girl job. And then sometime on Saturday and Sunday, too. I'm very excited. Awesome. Who are you, hope, are you hoping to interview anyone there or chat with anyone? I am. There's a huge list of guests that I, I can't decide, so I'm just going to kind of randomly go through. Um, there's Mark uh, Fraunfedler. He is the, I guess he's, he's he's the editor-in-chief, and he's kind of the founder of Boing Boing and Make Magazine. Oh, okay. um, Paul Saborin of Paul and Storm and also of Wootstock. There's a ton of uh, comic book artists and online comics uh, um uh, writers and it just really it just a huge neat volume of people that I've never I've never really talked to before. Um, so I'm I'm gonna walk around and see if I can if they'll talk to me. Hey, that would be awesome. We'd love to uh, share with our listeners the people you interview. I think Mike from ZCon will probably be there too. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, did you see the new concept trailer they uh, put out? Oh, I, I have not. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I so amazing. I actually want to get him on to chat about it sometime, mm-hmm. and I thought I messaged him, but he never got me back to me. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll have to hit him up then for a little bit. He's a busy guy. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and move into our menu? And here's tonight's menu. <laughs> okay, so on the menu tonight. Who is our interview, Miles? We are going to put, have our interview with uh, Julie Caitlin Brown. Ooh, Babylon 5 alum. Babylon 5 alum, but she's guest starred in many shows. She's guest starred in uh, Star Trek Next Generation, episode of Deep Space Nine, um, maybe Voyager 2. But so she, she, she is very well known in the sci-fi world. For do you know what I've wanted to do for a long time? This is a total tangent, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to put on our website... Um, a list of all the actors that we've interviewed from the different shows and like categorize them by show. Okay. I think that would be actually pretty awesome. That would be cool. And she was great. Uh, not, not only was she um, there, you know, there's a guest, but she's also a man of tappings um, representative. And she was very helpful and instrumental in, in us uh, getting that interview with uh, man of tapping. So um, yeah, Miss Brown was just fantastic to, to, to us there. Yeah. Awesome. What else do we have on the menu tonight? Well, we have a new trivia question this week. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And, Yay! Uh, yep. And we'll give our, our, our friends from Farpoint some love. Uh, they, they have a couple guests lined up already for their convention in February. So Very cool. T- tell you a little about already? that. Already? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet chimney Yeah, Christmas. they try to have All something right. done by surely, really. They, yeah, they try at least have one or two, and they have two lined up already. So that, that, that's very good. Uh, in movie news, uh, so what, Chris... What about the TV news? Oh, TV news. Sorry about that. Um, so we have um, a little trailer from this new Batman animated series uh, that will be coming out in the fall. And movie news, so Christian Bale is reportedly offered uh, $50 million to return for 20 minutes for... Uh, for a new Batman movie, and uh, we have some trailers. We have a, a, a 300 Rise of an Empire trailer, and we have a Desolation of Smog trailer. And this week's twist, um, I saw this, and we, we, we got to talk about it. Um, so George Takei is going to lead the world's largest chicken dance, and um, and 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 to, to next article was 
good close little friend of his, um, uh, William Shatner. Just kidding there, folks. They hate each other. Star Trek should return as a television show, says William <laughs> Shatner. And later on, we're going to have uh, Chris and Charity Wood from Bye Bye Robot, also a Space Communique and Life After Trek podcast. They're going to tell us, they're going to kind of give us a little uh, Vegas Con uh, report. Awesome. And they'll, they'll, they'll give us their sci fi five five. Yeah, very good. Well, mm-hmm. Awesome. That sounds like a good show and packed and oh, yeah. long, so we, we should probably get moving. Let's move in to the trivia. So, you call yourself a geek and a nerd? Prove it. Prove your geek cred by answering challenging trivia and entering for a chance to win some awesome prizes. All right, Miles. Well, go ahead. Tell us, what is this week's trivia question? Well, I'm going to read this quote. It's from a very famous sci-fi movie, and uh, we're going to ask you to... uh, I love this. All right, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed, another glorious day in the Corps. A day in the Marine Corps is like a day in the farm. Every meal is a banquet, every paycheck a fortune, every formation a parade. I love the Corps. And uh, what quote is this uh, from? Yeah, we should give them, like, extra credit if they can tell us who, like, said the quote. Well, we have a sweet prize to give them. Oh, we do, we do. I want to talk about that prize. I love that quote. That is good. I love that quote, and I love that movie, and I love the actor who says it, too, because he's been in a couple other things that are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Not that that was a spoiler, and not that I gave it away, nope, but nope. it's awesome. Got, still got to know it. And the uh, code word for this week. The code word, um, the code word, we're going to change the code word, because I think that this could be a clue for... Uh, this movie, I, I want to know. Okay, so can I make one up? Can I make one up? Oh, please yeah, do, Em. Please do. The code word is SpaghettiOs. I like it. SpaghettiOs it is. Perfect. All right. Mm-hmm. And the prize, <laughs> well, we actually have quite a prize pack for you. This is for those of you that love reading in both audio and actually paper formats. I had a chance this weekend to interview a man by the name of Douglas Lane, mm-hmm. and he, he sent me this book called Billy Moon. Okay. Now, do you know what that's in reference to? I, I I do not know. M, come on. Billy Moon? Billy Moon? Billy Noon? Billy Moon? Yeah, Billy Moon. Oh, it's ringing a bell. It's not a very loud bell. No, no, no. But it's ringing a I'll bell. I'll give you a hint. Winnie the Pooh. It was the name for Christopher Robin. It's, um, what's his real name? Uh, Christopher Milne, right? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. In real life. So, so this is his nickname, right? Okay. So this book is a fantasy book in which... This guy, Billy Moon, Christopher mm-hmm. Robin, is transported to Paris during the Revolution of 68 um, by a guy that can think back to the past, change the past, and, and have it affect people. Okay. So it's kind of a time-traveling thing through dreams. Well, that's cool. And it's very philosophical mm-hmm. and very deep. I had a very deep discussion with this man. We're going to be sharing that interview in about two weeks. But I thought one of the prizes we're going to give is this book, Billy Moon. It's hardback. It has some great reviews out on it, Publishers Weekly and Locust Magazine, who give it a thumbs up, and some real good stuff. Um, about it. So I'm going to give you a chance to read it. So we're going to be giving that book away. We're also giving a, four Star Wars audiobooks. So if you're a Star Trek fan and you don't like Star Wars, sorry, that maybe this isn't for you. But um, but Star Wars audiobooks, uh, we have the Med Surgeons, or the, uh, is that what they're called? The Med Star. Yeah, it's called this. It's a MedStar two book series. One called Battle Surgeons. One called Jedi Healer. And then we have the Crimson Empire and Tales of the Jedi, all for audiobooks. So we have five books in this prize pack. 
I've heard three nice. of those uh, audiobooks, and, and they're quite enjoyable. So this is a nice prize. Yeah, and the, and the other one I think you're going to hear before we. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm going to check that away. out too. So five books for you to kind of peruse. So if you're interested in that, answer this quote and send us your answer to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. You can also call it in at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. And again, the code word is. Spaghettios. Spaghettios. I like that. Thanks, Em, for that. Spaghettios. Uh, it's just random out of nowhere. And who doesn't like Spaghettios? Oh, I know, I know. Well, You know? I know. I like Spaghettios. <laughs> I know. Well, we're going to play our first promo tonight. Our first promo is for a uh, new series. I said that weird, didn't I? Um, a new series called Table Tales. Um, and what Table Tales is is a new web series um, that focuses on gamers and gamers and things they talk about. Um, and you'll get a feel from it from, a, uh, from the promo. And he has a Kickstarter campaign going. So I would love to see this thing made. And I thought, hey, you know what? We'll share the promo on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast oh, sure. and give it some love. So let me go ahead and just play this. So this one time, we were on this adventure. I played in this one game of... Well, this one time, we were in this dungeon. How often have you heard these phrases, and so many like them, and wished you could have made your stealth check and escaped? Or worse yet, have you failed your diplomacy check and started a gaming story like this? Well, worry no more, intrepid gamer. Now, there's Table Tales, the new web series that does gaming stories right. Table Tales tells the true stories of tabletop gamers in a way that makes you actually want to listen to them. Learn more about the series, see a rough cut episode, and be a part of their Kickstarter right now on tabletalesseries.com. That's tabletalesseries.com. And never fail your check again. Fiction Multimedia. Um, I really think you would like that uh, we, that promo that we played for. It's called Table Tales. So you got to check them out in line because there's oh, we'll do. There's stories about gamers uh, told by gamers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the idea, and, and oh yeah, like Guild Wars that sort of thing. I think you I think you would really enjoy it. But. I do. I like tabletop games too, and like um, so. When I think of the word gamers, I don't think of just like your MMOs or your RPGs. I think of like people who like to do card games, like uh, Cards Against Humanity, or people who play Dominion, which Dude, is epic. Crimes, crimes Against Humanity is terrible, or Cards Against Humanity is absolutely the most wrong game you can ever play. Yeah, it is so terrible. I that love is it. Fun. To death. <laughs> it's absolutely fun. I really want to get a you set. You have to play. But I, but oh, the only person I can play it with is my wife, right? Maybe Miles. <laughs> I come Miles into a game some night. But I you know, I it's the <laughs> it's the best way to get to know people. So if there's a room full of strangers, and we've done, I've we've I've played it in airports. I've played it <laughs> waiting to get into a movie. You the people that you meet and and it's the the we'll, we should have a whole nother show. We, we well, that, I could talk about it all the time. It's definitely an icebreaker. That's for I sure. I remember sitting with Lou, John Frage, and Heather Frage. Right, mm-hmm. you know, the, we're sitting down at Shore Leave Con, and you know people are drinking. Dave Robinson, I think, was we had like a bunch of people just sitting there with drinks, and it got hilariously wrong <laughs> fast. <laughs> 
<laughs> Next but, store leave, I will bring my comp- – I have every set. I have all the expansion packs and everything. We should, I will bring we should, the master pack. We should do like a contest, like a, like a card playing contest with that and like vote on it and have like the, the- – <laughs> it would have if we did like a sci-fi kind of show where we had that on. It would have to be totally explicit tag all the way. <laughs> so, oh yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, well, let's move into our news, but Miles. I- you put some convention news on here. Why don't you start off by talking about uh, the uh, Farpoint? Yeah, so Farpoint next year. Uh, um, Found out at Shoreleave, they already have a couple guests confirmed. And if you're a Walking Dead fan, this this will excite you. Uh, Melissa McBride, who plays Carol from Walking Dead, she's going to be there. And uh, they're getting a voice actor. His name is Phil Lamar. If you're familiar with, the, I guess, the newer Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Young Justice, uh, you will have heard his voice uh, his voice talents there, too. So, oh. mm-hmm. Again, we were saying it's kind of early for it, but it's great that they have some guests lined up. And we'll be heading there. We'll be heading there. Um, and... As they say, these things are subject to change. I hope it, you know, you know, at least so far, this won't change. We'll get to see these people, and I'm sure they'll add, you know, definitely a few more names before it's yeah, all said. At least done. one or two that they'll add before then, right? So, mm-hmm. again, smaller con, but great. Oh yeah, Farpoint's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I have you uh, introduce this story a little bit? So we have a new Batman. Is it a TV series, Miles? That we said. Yeah, it's 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 a Saturday morning TV series. Well, do you want to talk? Do you, do you want to talk about it? I'm sure I'll let Miles talk about it. Um, I don't know anything about it, so why don't I let Miles, Miles run with it? We'll have you on the next one. Em. Go ahead. Okay, so this this show is called Beware of the Batman. It's a cool, uh, I mean, literally cool and quiet and calm and, and cool and occasionally funny, but never really silly, goofy, or, or cue the epic music heroic. It just goes about its business in clean, stylized animation that suits the tone. It has a very different energy from the other animated superhero series currently on the air. So um, we'll play the trailer, and um, from what I got of it, it's it's Probably going to be a little more kid-friendly Batman animated series than than ones we've than some of the movies that we've been seeing. Yeah. So. But All right. Well, let's go ahead and play it. You know, the animation style in this thing is obviously more 3D, which yeah. seems to be the way of some of the more modern comics. Kind of re- reminiscent of what the, the, the new Transformers uh, show is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It has that same feel, that same build. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Um, mm-hmm. It looks good, but like I said, I think it's going to be 
more kid-friendly, so I, I probably wouldn't appreciate it as much as an adult. Uh, I think Batman works better when he could be dark and moody and um, just all the... He could, he could just be who he is. So You know, that's true. But if you think about what got you into Batman, Batman it is his early, it are some of these early ones. Oh, well, yeah. what got me into Batman was the, the classic series back in the 60s, and that was definitely not Dark and Moody. <laughs> no, de- no, definitely not. <laughs> um, but um, but, but I, what I appreciate now is the Dark Knight Batman. But, hey, if, if you know, if get, get, get some little kids into Batman, this is what, the first way to get them started, that's, that's fine. But... Uh, but yeah, I think the animation looks looks really good. I may watch the first one, see if I like it, and see see how it see how it right floats your boat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did you think of this clip? It's neat. It's the it's definitely the animation's driven towards the mass production. So every Saturday morning, there's only so much CGI you can do. But it looks and it looks like it's for the younger kids, which is smart. Um, as much as I despise the Star Wars movies of which we do not speak, um, they were geared, some of the characters that we do not speak of, were geared towards the younger, the younger audience. And they're all hooked. And, the, you know, Batman's got this refresh. I don't know if we're going to get Robin. I hope so. Um, but it's a great way to get them hooked in because by the time the next set of movies comes out, these kids will probably be old enough where their parents will go with them. And they've built up a new crop of, of fans, and as they should be, because Batman, I mean, like Miles, I, I knew Batman from the 60s. And to me, all I thought Batman was was a, a bon vivant who liked to go-go dance mm-hmm. and <laughs> save the world. <laughs> So it's it's kind of neat. I'm going to watch. I want to see what's going on with this. And, and something like this helps keep the franchise going. I mean, getting in mm-hmm. a younger crowd, uh, they'll still if they like it, they'll they'll watch Batman and so gosh, I mean, there could be new Batman movies 10, 20 years from now well, for them yeah, as they get old. Yeah. So I was thinking something when you're when you're talking to M about how you know when you're when you're a kid, you kind of look at one thing one way, and you say, "Well, there's Batman. He's you know neat." And, and then when you're a little bit older, you say, "Oh, he's a little bit darker." And then you see you know the the real flamboyant ones. You realize he's just this human in a suit type thing with you know gadgets and stuff like that. I was reading there was an infographic that came across Facebook that I thought was interesting about how when you're in elementary school, they teach you history. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, they say, well, that's true, but history wasn't quite as neat and clean as you talk about. And then you get to college and say, everything you learned in high school is wrong <laughs> with history. <laughs> and then when, mm-hmm. you, then when you get to an adult and the History Channel airs it, they say aliens. <laughs> yeah, the, the History Channel is not about real history anymore. <laughs> <laughs> aliens. But, um, anyways, but I thought it tied in a little bit here how, you know, there are layers to how we learn about these superheroes. Right, um, mm-hmm. and and it does kind of draw the crowd in, so those adults were still enjoying it. Smart it, move in their part. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. It's yeah. um, let's get the young kids watching Batman. And why don't you tell us a little bit about some movie news? This one we were speculating about just a few weeks ago, and uh, what's this story about? 
Well, funny enough, since we were talking about Batman for the kids, let's talk about Batman for the big kids. So it's reported that Christian Bale was offered $50 million to return for 20 minutes in the new Batman movie. And in the article that the guys will link up on the website, it starts out with, could Christian Bale receive a big offer to return as Bat Bale in the future Justice League movie? It looks like there still may be hope that Christian Bale could return as Gotham's finest in Batman Superman film. Now, all of this is really speculation and suggestion uh, out of a new ebook called Batman uh, Beyond Batman the unauthorized true story of Christian Bale and his dark knight dilemma where it suggests that the off- the actor's being offered about 50 million to reprise his role that would be amazeballs. It would be fantastic. I mean, why wouldn't? Why would he walk away from something like this? I mean, sources close to Christian Bale have reported begin reportedly begun expressing their suspicions that Bale now views the Batman films as the same in the same light that Robert Downey Jr. sees the Iron Man films. He, you know. The the rest of the article gives a couple of little notes and hints. They're talking about some other Batmans too, but if. If, if he's got his head on right and he sees exactly the payday that Mr. Downey Jr. is walking away with, he would be, it would be silly for him. It would be really silly for him to walk away from such an opportunity. He's already solidified in this franchise and they've already set up the films for the next generation of the franchise. What better way to keep getting that paycheck than to maintain that same face? Because nothing drove me nuts, more nuts than every. We had two, we had the same Batman for two movies, and then for the craptastic movies, of which we will not speak, um, we had new Batmans. <laughs> and it just, it took away from the continuity, and it just took away from it, 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 it takes away that suspension of disbelief, you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if he's smart, and he calculates this well, he could walk away with a lot of money, but he could also walk away with a legacy. And that's all That's all I have to say <laughs> yeah. about that. No, I, I, I don't really know how you can argue it. I, I mean, it'd be nice to see. One, on one hand, there's, it's always nice to see a fresh face in there. And that's, but, but Batman is masked a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, really... Go ahead. I really thought he, he really... Reinvented the role when he when he did the first time, and so when I think of, when I think of live action Batman, I think of Christian Bale. So mm-hmm. if they could get him in for one more time, I mean, well, I'll, I'll be there whoever gets into it. But it would just I'd be much more satisfied if, if he he plays Batman. And mm-hmm. like this is all speculation, but a fifty million dollar payday or even you know a little less than that, he would never have to work again. I mean, he never he probably doesn't have to work now, but I mean. Um, Man, his his grandkids would be set. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like what they say in the movie. It's not about the mask. It's the man behind the mask. And I, it's not just Bruce Wayne as the bat, but it's who is Bruce Wayne? Who's who's portraying that man? And he, he I agree with Miles completely. He reinvented that role, and it's it needed it, and he made it his own. And there's no one who could copy it, and I doubt that they would find someone or want someone to copy it. But I think if if they're going to continue forward and they're going to make this team up movie, they they can't just kind of go, "Oop, we hit the reset button." Sorry. No, you can't. I agree with that. You know the, and that's like saying with Heath Ledger and the Joker, you can't you can't bring the Joker into the third movie. Mm. I'm so glad they didn't because you know he 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 really embodied the Joker for us, right? Um, 
the only argument for this is that when you think of the newest Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, they kind of rebooted the franchise, and the new one was mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, yeah, the new one was very good. And I enjoyed the Tobey Maguire, you know, mm-hmm. Superman, uh, Spider-Man, excuse me. Um, but it was just a different take on it, and it felt different, and it felt fresh, and I liked it. So it's not that it can't be done, but if if he walks away from it, they're going to have to try to get someone that really captures the spirit of Batman in a way, maybe not exactly like Christian Bale did, but in a way that kind of embodies Batman for us. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the challenge. Well, it, it would it would be a huge challenge that would be to the detriment of the franchise because the team-up isn't a reboot. Or oh, it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's it's not. It's a it's a continuation from what I've been reading. And if that's the case, then they have to have Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He yeah. has to come back. And if they're gonna, if they can't get Christian Bale, then they have to bring in Robin or bring him in as Nightwing. Yeah. Nope. I totally agree. Totally agree. Here's hoping. Yeah. Well, let's I'm very move. adamant about this. Don't <laughs> mess up my Batman. <laughs> All right, well, let's move into another tra- <laughs> another thing in news, movie news. We have a new trailer for the 300 sequel, right? It's a sequel, right? 300. Yeah, so let me go. This is The Rise of an Empire, and let me go ahead and just play this trailer. And then we'll talk about it. It begins as a whisper, a promise. The lightest of breezes dances above the death cries of 300 men. That breeze became a wind. A wind, my brothers, of sacrifice. freedom, a wind of justice, a wind of vengeance.
Well. <laughs> well. Yeah. Oh my god. Well. Oh my. God. I know. I know. What do you say? So we have Lena Headley in there, right? It's her voice doing the voiceover. Mm-hmm. You know, the voice of, you know, the queen. The queen. Yeah. Yeah. Was, of was term- uh-huh. of of Sarah Connor. Oh, I'm right? sorry. You know, <laughs> you know. So she's voicing this, and it's awesome. Um, it's it's a it's a feast for the eyes. You have, I mean, everybody has to. You can't just. You got to watch it. it you got to watch it. it. And I thing. got. Is that the thing about this? I'm sorry, I cut you off, but it's a visual phenomenon. The first one, remember how visually stunning that was? Oh, it, it was a groundbreaker. I thought. Yeah, and, and just, so you kind of you kind of had the same feel, mm-hmm. and the music's epic and it's rising. Th- that one girl that's shooting the bow and arrow is she the same girl from Eva Snow Green. White? Is, is, she, is she the one from Snow White and the Huntsman? Did she do that? No, that's yeah. um, Eva Green is from. Um, I reckon gosh, she's done so many things. I know she was in Casino Royale. She was in Dark Shadows. Um, you're thinking of the girl from the Twilight movies. Oh, you're right. Absolutely. Yep. And that's definitely not her. But she looks kind of like it. No. I mean, she was great in that. She does. She does. She does. She does. She has a little bit of a... But I I got... Like, I got goosebumps while I was watching and listening. Oh, yeah. It's so amazing. Well, we're going to have to wait till uh, (laughs) next year to see it. Next year to see it. But, hey, wait to The cast is epic. Epic. There's just some really great hard hitters in here. And it's... We'll we'll just have to wait till March to talk about that. Is there is there is there any other uh, notable in the cast while we're talking about the cast? Uh, well, so oh, go ahead. Well, I was just say uh, Zach Zach Snyder, who who, who oh, yeah, the director and produ- the, the writer for for um, Man of Steel. I mean, he he's the he's the credited writer for this. So that I, I have very high hopes for this. Uh, do you know that that Ava Ava Green's also going to be in Sin City, the newest Sin City movie that's coming out? Oh, really? Yeah, two thousand fourteen, but. Anyways, go ahead. What, what you were saying, Zach Snyder, and who else? Uh, uh, these are the names I don't recognize. But. I've I've seen these people in a lot of British films, and some some of them have hailed from. Like I know their faces, and I remember just thinking, "That's I can remember that face because I remember it's you know when you see those actors." Well, David Wenham is back. The, he ends right. up with just the one eye. That's right. Um, he's he's just divine. Who did he play? Just Just Devon. Um, he was, oh, Lord have mercy. I just lost the page. Uh, is it D- Dilios? Is that the way you say it? D-I-L-I-O-S? Okay. So he played a character in the last one. Dilios. Yeah, yeah Dilios. Yes. Okay. He was the one that the king sent back to tell the tale. Oh, okay. While they went and, um, and because he, he lost his eye on that big epic. I mean, it was, it was a groundbreaker. It was like they took the dark comic and, the style of the chiaro oscuro of painting of and, the, and and just put it up on the screen and it just melted beautifully. I loved it. Hmm. Very good. Well, let's move into our next t- trailer tonight, and this is for the Desolation of Smog, the second Hobbit movie of the right. trilogy that's coming out. So let me go ahead and just play that, and then we'll uh, chat about it afterwards. What we think about this. You seek that which would bestow upon you the right to rule. The quest to reclaim a homeland and slay a dragon. 
won't kill a dwarf. When did we allow evil to become stronger than us? It is not our fight. It is our fight. Such is the nature of evil. In time, all foul things unfold. If you awaken that beast, you'll destroy us all. That an earthquake. That, my lad, was a dragon. You know. I just love to see the way they've imagined Lake Town, and and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to see the way they do Mirkwood. Uh, these are some iconic places that we're traversing, mm-hmm. um, and, and they seem to indicate by the by by the um, the title that I don't know where where are they going to end this movie. What's your where where do you think they're going to end it? I'm not versed in the books, so how I about can't, you, Em? Have you read I the books? Say. I have tried to read the books. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not very, I'm not very Tolkien literate. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, you really have to. There's a certain mind that can really truly understand, and I, I just, I don't have the wiring to really appreciate his writings the way I, sh- I wish I could. Yeah. I, I couldn't make it through the book. Well, you know, what? I, I have read the books like I don't know twelve times. Uh, so, uh, I know, I know, I, 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 it used to be. I had this, when I'm in my 20s and early 30s, every year around Christmas time, I would begin my trek through the books. And I would read them again. Um, and I do have to do that mm-hmm. again. But my suspicion is that, that when they bring smog down, when they, like the desolation of smog can be viewed as, here's the desolation smog has caused, or this is the desolation, the demise of smog. And I'm not sure how they're viewing it because that could end the story in very different places. But visually, the graphics continue to look amazing. Mm-hmm. You guys see mm-hmm. Legolas in there again a little bit? Right. Right? Legolas! Caitlin Shez back. Oh, yeah. We get a little um, uh, Elijah Wood, too. It's not in the trailer, but he, I think they'll do a mini flashback. And from what I can see here in the cast list. But, wouldn't that be a uh, flash Benedict forward? Cumberbatch. Wouldn't that be a flash forward? Oh, that's right. It would be a flash forward. Yeah. He's confusing me, Pete Jackson. See, I'm not even smart for the movies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, very good. Well, I believe that's about it as far as news. We have This Week in Star Trek, and that's right. about it, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's go into This Week in Star Trek. a tall glass of Romulan ale. Miles is serving up the latest in Trek news. 
on This Week in Star Trek. Well, well, Chris and Charity, let's talk a little bit about Star Trek Las Vegas. You guys just got back from this con. You guys have been, been there for the past couple years. What What's it like going there? What were your roles there? I mean, what were you doing? And tell us, tell us about it. A couple of years is right, I got to say. Uh, even though it was only seven days in Las Vegas, it felt like two years. Easily, <laughs> you I say mean, that long in Vegas, though it does start yeah. to feel like that. If you're not, if you're not living there, and, and you don't have like you know stuff you do daily, uh, yeah, it can. Well, and you know we're in the casino the entire. I time. I think that's part of it. So that's yeah. like you know slot machines and cigarette smoke and. Well, it may have something to do with the fact that we don't actually get outside the casino yeah. during that yeah. seven days either. So <laughs> yeah. So this year we didn't cover it for subspace communique uh, because we were there. Uh, manning a booth in the vendor's hall for Bye Bye Robot. And uh, it was a good show. We had a great time. We really didn't see any panels, uh, which is unfortunate because Carl Urban and Alice Eve from the new JJ movie uh, were there. And I kind of wish I would have seen them. It would have been good to see them interact with fans and kind of get a feel for how they feel or how they think about the new movie. A lot of people said that they did an excellent job. But for us, Vegas really is about connecting with our Star Trek friends in Las Vegas. Um, I'm sure you guys know everyone who worked at the experience is, I shouldn't say everyone. I would say about 85% of the people that worked at the experience uh, are still in Las Vegas and still come and represent at the, the, the con. Uh, and they're good friends of ours. And that's, I mean, that's our deal. It's really connecting with the, the Trek community. Um, but it was a good show. I would say that attendance was a little lower than last year. Seemed like it. Yeah, it was a little slow the first three or four days. Or maybe the first one or two days because it's only a four-day convention. But uh, overall, it was a great show. I mean, we had a really good time. So, And, you know, I saw Alexander Sadig walking around uh, the casino floor. And he's never at conventions. Yeah, they so, had a few people. They had uh, Robert Beltran and, and yeah. a few others that, that are not very common to the cons. Yeah, stood next to Nana while, visitor while we're waiting for an elevator. Oh, right. That was kind of cool. She was so trying not to get noticed, too. It was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, and, and one of the kind of the sad parts was Rod Roddenberry wasn't there this time because he was waiting for the birth of his son. Well, they, he's always, like, yeah. there and gregarious. And, well, like, sad for us because we missed right. him. Right, yeah. yeah. But, but super for happy for yeah. them. Good yeah. For Absolutely, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. So it was a good show overall. Um, hopefully next year we can go to shore leave and see you guys. That would be so fun. Oh, we would love it if you guys came to shore leave. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. So, uh, how was the show from the perspective? Uh, This is your, was this your first time as a vendor at one of these shows? Uh, no, it's our second. Uh, we did it last year, too. Okay. But we did try to split our time last year between Subspace right. Communicate and Bye Bye Robot, and that was tough. So this is yeah. the first time we've actually focused solely as a vendor, which made it a little bit easier. And, and I think our you know have, not having our focus split was a lot better. And the time seemed to go faster, too. Last year, I felt like I was running, like, nonstop. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Well, now, does that tie you, then? When you're, at, when you're at the con as a vendor, I often view it as, you know, kind of, tying you to the table or were you guys able to kind of split do you have help i mean how did this all work for you yeah we had one of our artists with us uh jeff foster um you can actually find his work on think geek as well uh which is cool you can find some of his posters there um but uh he was there helping us out we had a couple other friends that uh, came and helped but we were pretty much tied to the booth the whole time so you know 10 to 7 generally 
during the day. But I mean, the Vegas thing, the the Star Trek parties don't start until eight or nine o'clock anyway. So yes. we, yeah, we really didn't miss any like good interaction time with with fans and with friends and that kind of stuff. We just so. missed a lot of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of sleep. So it's still a good, you know. You got to reunite with some old friends that you get. If you you get to see maybe once a year. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Darren and David from Trekcast were there, and Alicia. You know, all the guys from the experience, and just friends that come in um, from all points uh, every year. We got to see them and hang out uh, and uh, interact and had a good time. So. I'm so glad Dave and Darren are recording again. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a good show. They do an, they do excellent work. Mm-hmm. And Darren, it's funny. You, you mentioned Darren, and I did too. But ba- Darren is the Star Trek Santa Claus. He brings everyone together. <laughs> Not a joke. He's like he's always so happy. he's always working the like the the bar the tables and ever. you know talking to everybody and like introducing people to one another. And he's yeah, he's awesome. So, so. lovable. He's a Star Trek concierge. Yeah, there you ah. go. Perfect. Totally, totally sounds like it. Some someday we'll, we'll get to go. Yeah, someday yeah. we'll get together. <laughs> well, and we got to meet in this. Well, actually, I'll I'll hang on hang on to this because it's one of my top five. But we got to meet some two uh, authors that are uh, familiars <laughs> to you guys French. at uh, Shirley. Ooh, who could they be? Like, who could that possibly be? So. <laughs> yeah, is, is he the guy that killed us off in the one episode? Well, no, <laughs> no he didn't kill us off. But, but. You you might not make it for the next one, but I, I mean, I'm still jerk. around. <laughs> curse you! Curse no, awesome, awesome, yeah. Uh, and that was that. Was that was that your first? Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll, oh wait, wait, we'll talk about that a little bit later. That you know, one okay. of the things that you're talking and as you're talking is one of the things that has r- rang true t- to me is I'm all about going to the con- the cons to obviously see the guests, but after you've been to a couple cons, that that experience kind of. It's not blasé, but it becomes only a part of the experience. The other part that is maybe just as important is kind of reuniting with the people that you only see maybe once a year. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you can only hear uh, Leonard Nimoy, which he's not, unfortunately, hitting conventions anymore. But you can only hear him tell the story about William Shatner stealing his bike so many times. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Very true. That's right. And I guess, I mean... Vegas con, the guests they bring a lot of them have been coming to these cons for many years, I would think. And so, yeah, absolutely. So. And you know, honestly, being in the vendors' room, we see the the actors walking around, coming up to the booths, coming you know, coming yeah, up to us check and checking everything cool. out. And it's a much more intimate interaction than seeing them on a stage in front of you know four thousand, five thousand people. Yeah, so that's cool. very true. So, so who which came is to your, really who came to uh, table? Well, Vaughn Armstrong, because we know Vaughn from doing our interview at BayouCon. He stopped by and said hi. Walter Canning stopped by. Um, who else? LeVar walked by, but... Um, he just kind of leered. Yeah, he didn't stop. <laughs> Garrett, uh, no comment. No comment. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. comment. Garrett Wong was across the aisle from us. Oh, yeah, he had to move across the aisle. Um, he, uh, so. he borrowed a few, like, uh, setup stuff, you know, yeah. some scissors and things like that. Did that he was, give us the scissors That was back? cute. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> That's what you take away from it. Yeah. That'd be a good story, though. Yeah, there's DNA yeah. in those scissors. Don't use them. <laughs> you, you can clone your own little Garrett Wong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we got to, you know, we were actually across the, the way from uh, the GNT show. Uh, Terry and, gosh, oh, yeah. I can't remember the other guy's name. Nick. It starts it with a G. 
Okay, Nick. Maybe it's J- Janek. Yeah, Janek. No, isn't it Nick? I thought Nick was. He I, used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, used to be I'm pretty sure. And those guys are great. You know, we got to hang out with them and talk to them. And in fact, I think he got engaged on yeah. the the Enterprise D bridge. Yeah, That's right. So Aww. that was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. We walked. And oh, here we go. We uh, and maybe I should hold this off. Too oh yeah, you the... should. If it's a story, you should hang on to it. Okay. Oh, we did get. It's going to gonna burn a hole in the, in my pocket. But right. yeah. <laughs> well, the other booth that was across from us was um, uh, Geek Nation Tours. Oh yeah, Terrace. Yeah, you guys. And so yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was a lot of fun too. And they have a great, you know, tour package that they offer. But they, uh, they're just you know two fun super you know super fun people. So oh, yeah. that was we, we, we had Christine. a blast. You know, like throwing things at each other across the aisle and yep. making fun like of that. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had him on the show. We had him. Yeah, with him and Larry. Yeah. Was Larry, did you see Larry there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. We saw Larry. Larry's, Larry's like family, it seems <laughs> to us because uh-huh. we see him at so many conventions and just hang out with him and have a good time. But, yeah, he was there. He did his Con of Wrath uh, meetup uh, with a bunch of folks, and so that went well for him. And Hopefully they're making lots of progress on that because I oh, definitely yeah. want to see that. Yeah, for can't sure. Wait. Can't wait till that comes out. Can't wait. Well, we want to hear your Sci-Fi Five and Five in just a little bit. Before we get to that, we have one more promo that we want to do for the show. We're gonna do the promo for Under the Dome podcast, the Under the Dome Radio with Wayne and and is it Troy? Troy. Uh, mm-hmm. Wayne and Troy. Thank you. I know they just lost that. So if you're watching Under the Dome, this is a podcast you gotta check out, and this is their promo. <laughs> Hey, Wayne, what do a woodchuck, an airplane, and a cook have in common? Oh, Troy, this is not the time for jokes. A giant dome is about to appear over the town of Chester's Mill. Exactly, Wayne. The plane, the cook, the woodchuck all would have been better prepared for Dome Day if they had been listening to Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio? I've done some radio before. It's a new podcast this summer by and for fans around the upcoming miniseries Under the Dome. A podcast? Hey, maybe we should host it. We are hosting it, Wayne, and we invite all of you fellow dome heads to come and stay in the dome all summer long. So tune in to WUTD for Under the Dome Radio and leave some feedback on the website at underthedomeradio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Shoreline 35, and we're hanging out with the lovely Ms. Julie Kitten Brown, who has made her mark on the sci-fi world playing the character Natoth in the groundbreaking series Babylon 5, and a guest-starred roles in Star Trek Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, as well as guest-starred in many of the top TV shows throughout the 90s. Ms. Brown is not only a talented actress, but a singer, musician, writer, and a talent agent who runs her own talent agency, helping her fellow actors get work. Ms. Brown, welcome and thank you for taking the time to talk with us in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. This is very good. And you, you seem to have hit all the different beats there. Very nice of you to uh, do your research. It's important. I, I know, know who I'm talking to. That's right. Know a little to who I'm talking to. So a few months ago, Phoenix Comic Con celebrated the 20th anniversary pilot episode of Babylon 5. Congratulations on that, by the way. 
How did the celebration go? Were you able to get most of the remaining cast members there? We were. Um, it's very sad to see how many of our cast members are no longer with us. Right. But we did have quite a few people. I think we had 14 in total, including uh, Joe Straczynski, and a surprise visit by John Flynn, who was our director of photography for the entire season. He happens to live in Phoenix, so we got him out, too. Um, it was like a high school reunion. It was pretty funny to see how people have changed and how they've stayed the same. And mm-hmm. The fans really liked it. So I'm always fascinated by an actor's experience in the prosthetics and makeup. What was it like for you becoming uh, Natath and, and some of the other characters you've played in other sci-fi shows? Well, I think coming from theater, I work from the inside out, which means I, I have to know what the text is intending. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I can speak with the writer, when we could with someone like uh, Joe Straczynski, uh, that's always helpful. Um, and you understand what they're asking of you as an actor. And then that text, the script, informs the character, but something does happen when you start putting prosthetics on your face, because you disappear. You disappear into that character, and I think that's why people like Johnny Depp enjoy doing these roles, that he hides himself. You know, he's covered in wigs and mascara, and uh, it does allow you to play more deeply in being somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, as difficult as the prosthetics are, uh, it's very rewarding as an actor. So, so, you, so you did enjoy the challenge of it? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, we know you best for your work in front of the camera, but you've also done Broadway theater, and you are a singer. What Broadway shows have you done? And please tell us about some of your music projects. Well, I've actually only been blessed to do one uh, Broadway show. It was the Tony Award-winning um, Grand Hotel, the musical for Tommy Toon. And I stepped into that uh, auditioning for a lead role to go on the national tour, And it was my only audition in New York. Uh, At that point, I had just gotten back east. I was 29 years old. And um, Tommy said, nope, we want you for Broadway. So I took over a lead role in a Broadway musical my first time out for 18 months. And then I got done with that, and I went to Los Angeles and began working in television and film. Um, But, yeah, so my music has always been there. I started playing guitar when I was 10 years old. I started playing for weddings when I was 12. I was a National School Choral Award winner uh, in high school. I started writing music when I was 13. And the first album, Shed My Skin, was released in 1997. The second album was in 2000, called Struck by Lightning. Uh, Been doing concerts off and on ever since. Not as much as of late, but uh, going back to it a little bit. It's been really, really fun. Your own music, how would you describe your style and your music? I'm a singer-songwriter who's got roots in jazz, blues, and rock and roll. Okay. Now, if anyone would like to get uh, one of your CDs, uh, what's the easiest way to uh, buy one? Well, you can go to CD Baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to iTunes, um, Amazon. Almost all of the major outlets have them for downloadable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want the entire album, uh, CD Baby is the best way to go. Excellent. You've been helping your fellow actors as an agent. I understand you kept work, but how did you make the transition from still being a working actor but to also being a talent agent? Well, I'm not actually a talent agent. I'm going to correct you on that one one point. My I am a convention manager. Okay. So what that means is uh, agents for actors to get uh, union work are franchised and sanctioned uh, in the state of California, New York. Um, I am a convention booker, which means I bring celebrities, already well-known people, to uh, events to meet their fans. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm booking. Gotcha. And I keep them busy between gigs um, as an actor. It really is important. I mean, the, the, our industry has seen a real compression of salary 
the middle class actor is struggling to make ends meet. If a middle class actor makes $100,000 a year, after they pay their taxes, their agents, their managers, their publicists, they might walk with $25,000 of that. Yes, because they're taxed at a very high rate, and even though they have uh, write-off, their expenses of their managers and agents and all of that come right off the top, not after tax. So it's a very difficult thing, even if you're doing seven, ten, eight guest stars, maybe 13 guest stars a year at top of show, um, you're making 100000 before expenses. And it is expensive to pursue an acting career. So the conventions help them get by. And a couple of my guys are making very good money and started uh, some foundations. And are, as Amanda Tapping has a wonderful foundation, Sanctuary for Kids. Misha Collins has Random Acts. Um, wonderful. Uh, Patricia Tallman has uh, Penny Lane. So many of my actors are also using the convention bookings for philanthropy. Yeah, to pay it forward, that's great. Absolutely. Um, so what other projects do we have? I mean, is it any acting roles or yes. roles that we look forward to in the future? Well, I have a short film that's making the festival circuits right now called The Call, and I play um, a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps mm-hmm. whose son is being bullied. And I'm not really paying much attention because it's a boy. And I'm thinking, you're a little boy, boys fight, it's not a big deal. Until I see a little girl who's being actually abused by her father, who happens to be my CO. And I have to step up for her. And in doing so, I realize that my son needs me to step up for him too. Mm -hmm. And it's a short film going around right now. And then I have a couple of things I've worked on producing. Um... But basically, I've been working on a project uh, that's going to launch June 27 through 29, 2014 in Oakland, California. I started the company with my oldest son, who was 30 years old, Dustin Brown. And he came to me two years ago and said, Mom, I, I want to do something uh, to support uh, you know, kids. And, and I said, well, why don't we, we do an event together? He said, because you should run your own event. And I said, well, I'm not really interested in being a convention promoter, but I love, I would love to do something that was educational at its core. And so we want to put the science back in science fiction, and we're going to do Evolution Expo, June 27 through 29 in Oakland, California, and we're going to put real scientists together with the stars who portray them, mm-hmm. and we're going to bring in a lot of kids, we're going to bring in a lot of young people, talk about career opportunities in the space program and other sciences, and we will, while we are for profit, at the core of our uh, budget is philanthropy. Right. So it's built right into the budget to give back. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Ms. Brown, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to interview you. Thank you very much. Ready for dessert? The Sci-Fi Five and Five, where we bring you the top five, the worst five of anything in science fiction or fantasy, in five minutes or less. And we are back. We are back to hear a phenomenal. What I'm hoping is going to be. Cross my fingers here. No, it's going to be a phenomenal Sci-Fi Five and Five from Chris and Charity about their. Top five moments at Star Trek Las Vegas. 
So I don't care how you guys. I don't know how you guys are planning this. So just go for it. We'll just jump in with commentary along the way. We'll do. Uh, we have five, but they're kind of all the they're, same. They're importance. not in. Yeah, they're not in any order. Okay. They're just. Yeah. So I would probably start with because uh, we did an interview with uh, Natalia Nagolich, oh, right. um, who was Admiral Nechev on TNG and and uh, Deep Space Nine. We did an interview with her probably a year and a half ago, or maybe longer. Uh, but we got to see her this time and hang out with her. The, here's the crazy part, right? She's never seen me. We've never met in person. Maybe she's seen pictures on Facebook. I don't know. But we're walking. Uh, Jeff and I, who's one of our artists, are walking down the main corridor. And she passes us. And she's all, Chris. And I was like, I didn't even recognize her, first of all. But after talking to her later, I said, you know, I didn't realize that was you. You know my name. How the crap did you know my name? <laughs> and, and face, just from not in... So that's that's the kind of lady she is. And you have no excuses because you've seen her face a bunch. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, we got to hang with her and talk to her. That was really cool. She's super, super She's sweet. She's so nice. So nice. So genuine. Amazing memory, obviously. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Blown away. Totally. So I would say that's probably, we'll call it number one because they're all number one. So that's number one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great interview you did with her, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, she was super sweet. And she is selling her book, One Woman's War. Uh, it's available now. Oh, right, yeah. We had talked about it on the show, yeah. and I think we wrote a story about it a couple months back. But mm-hmm. it's available. Uh, if you do a search for that, um, you guys can find it. So. And by the way, the uh, podcast that we're talking that you interviewed her on is what? Uh, it's Life After Trek, the real hit and miss uh, release date uh, podcast from <laughs> Subspace Communicate. Right, right, right. We, real, real consistent every week yeah. at the same time an episode drops. Exactly, yeah. No. Well, we kind of started it as a, a podcast miniseries because, you know, we didn't know what interviews we were going to get. Um, so it kind of fits and starts, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good show. We dig it. We dig doing it. Our last interview was with Dan Madsen, who was basically the fanboy of all fanboys. He was the head of both the Star Trek and Star Wars fan clubs, the official Star Trek and Star Wars fan clubs, uh, starting back from like 1980. Nice. Um, so yeah, he's that was that was one of my favorites. Not that I like to say that you know we ha- I have favorites from the show because they're all good, but th- meeting him last year was. Well, you're a fan of him. Ah, uh, yeah. So because he's just cool. amazing. I mean, just the fact that he started that and it grew into a, a you know multi million dollar business that he then sold and now he's working with her universe. Um, with Ashley Eckstein, Eckstein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So if you want to listen to some good interviews, you want to hear my sultry voice some more, <laughs> you can you can check it out. Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> so All right. I, I guess the next number one would be. Um, well, seeing a, a totally non-Star Trek person. Well, this is my. I guess this is my number one, but. Um, I got to, um, I saw Emo Phillips, the comedian, um, just walking down the aisle in front of our booth and, and caught him and asked him to, you know, would it be okay if I get my picture with you? And he was so sweet. He, he set it up. He walked into our booth. He yeah, moved he chairs it. around. He staged it. It was fantastic. He was such a nice guy. And, uh, you know, one of like my favorite comedians from the uh, 80s. So mm-hmm. I just, and, and love him on UHF. And, and so, yeah, I was super, super stoked. Yeah, he was really nice. And walking at, in and out of the uh, convention hall, he saw me and said, hey, Chris. And I was just like, it's so strange how, how, how that they everybody, remember. Yeah, have yeah. such good memories. So. I can't remember anything to save my life. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, it's, it's impressive when somebody who is 
yeah, still they're still a celebrity. They 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 know your name. I had some experience at at, at Shore Leave this year. Uh, with, oh, I uh, bet. Yeah, with one of the yeah, guests. You guys always do. You guys always do good interviews at Shore Leave. So I'm oh, sure yeah. you uh, get to inter- interact with them and they remember you. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool. And your next number one. Uh, meeting Dayton Ward and Kevin Dillmore yes. in person. <laughs> finally, that was super cool. Yeah, because we did. Uh, we, you know, we've always covered Dayton stuff, and we talk on Facebook and Twitter because he's super active. And he was on a roundtable discussion that we had um, probably two years ago. I would I would imagine yeah, that's a while back. about two years ago now. Um, but uh, Dayton's a super cool guy, and so is Kevin. I you know I really haven't had much interaction with Kevin um, on Twitter uh, or on the interwebs. But he's not quite uh, as active as Dayton is. Yeah, but he's both of them are super nice. Oh super, man, yeah, super nice. And I was trying to get him to bust out the Captain Pike shirt that uh, Frage made him last year <laughs> for whenever it was at Shore Leave. But right. uh, yeah, so that, they're really really cool. You guys know you've hung out with them and oh, yeah. interviewed them and stuff. So it's just so funny meeting people in person that you feel like you already know because you know you've been you know interacting with them so long online and it's just like hi nice to meet you well i guess i can't really say that because i already know you you know it's yeah. so it's such a strange experience but i mean then you just like feel like you instantly know people so it's yeah awesome. it's instant rapport so that's cool yeah and that is that is a good thing about these whole online personas that we develop that it does kind of connect us with people a little bit differently than maybe in the past yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, totally. we still have to meet you guys in person. I know. That's funny. I didn't even realize we hadn't yet until yeah. you said that. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I think Chris, I've known you about four years now, and uh, yeah, there, there's about you know a couple thousand miles uh, separating us. Yeah, so you crop yeah. up on the podcast every so often. So <laughs> continue to have you back. So uh, what else? Uh, give us your number four, number one. Your four. Okay. Number one. Uh, do you want to, do you want this one or do you want me to do it? You do this one. Okay. So I'm standing outside. Um, just minding my own business, soaking up the Las Vegas sun, actually under some shade, trying to get away from it. But a uh, lady walks up to me and says, hey, can I share your shade? I'm like, absolutely. And you know, she was, you know, had sunglasses on, blonde hair, um, you know, tallish. Didn't recognize who she was until she started talking about Land of the Lost. And it was Holly from Land of the Lost. <laughs> and so I got to talking to her. And every time I'd go outside and hang out, she seemed to be there. So we kind of built up this like thing. She had a booth in there. She was with uh, Leslie. I can't remember his last name, but he played Will uh, in Land of the Lost. Um, but what's cool about talking to her, she told me, and I, I knew that, that Walter Koenig was responsible for creating the, the character Enoch in Land of the Lost. And, but I didn't know that David Gerald actually wrote most of and created Land of the Lost. Uh, as you guys know, he's the... Trouble with Tribbles writer from the original series created the Tribbles, okay. and that's like his whole whole thing now. He sells licensed Tribbles at the conventions, but and continues to write. And I think he was involved in one of the fan uh, fan made series. I want to say it's New Voyages, or what's the new one that the Star Trek continues? I think he might be involved. Uh, in it's fa- Star Trek Phase Two. Okay, uh, that's. Yeah, he, they, they used to call they, they used to be called Star Trek New Voyages, but a couple of years ago they changed it to Phase Two. But yeah, he's I think he's he's wrote a couple episodes from them and so directed or something. But yeah, he's 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 definitely lent his talents to them. Yeah, so I was talking to talking to Holly. I call her Holly. Her name's Kathy Coleman. But she'll <laughs> forever be Holly in my mind. But uh, so I'm talking to her, and she said, "Yeah, David is actually working on." a screenplay for a new land of the lost film and not the Will Ferrell terribleness, but it's going to be a continuation or sorry, a, a reboot of 
the original Land of the Lost, um, and she will have a part in it, and they're going to, you know, add some really cool, I probably shouldn't give it away, but they're going to add some really cool twists to it that sound pretty, pretty ingenious. You know, knowing that Walter Koenig created Enoch, uh, the character, he originally wanted to name it Enig, which is Gene backwards. It was going to be an homage to, to Gene Roddenberry. I thought that was uh, really cool and kind of insider stuff that nobody really knew about. But yeah, she was super sweet and I enjoyed hanging out with her. So that's my, uh, my last one. Now it's your turn. That's almost like it. You always know, say, "Hey, can I share your shade?" It's almost like a pickup line. <laughs> hey, can I? Sh- <laughs> uh, that would have been cool, Chris. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Classic Land Lost. That's uh, something I. Yeah, uh, me too. So yeah. I have the DVDs and. I never. I was trying to. I was going to ask yeah. if uh, if Ron Howard's brother really played uh, Chaga, <laughs> but we all know that he did. <laughs> in my mind, he is always going to be Chaka, really, yeah. even though he's not even remotely kind, involved with it. But so he's, sad and so true. <laughs> Pretty much anything that came out of Sid and Marty Croft was genius. And Land yeah. of the Lost just made it. I remember playing it with my brother and the neighbor. Well, my cousins and I, we, we would play Land of the Lost in the backyard. It was fun. And I was always Holly. I was the only girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it's nice to hear that they're going to take it back from the just the the just the sad evisceration that Will Ferrell did to it, it was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually I see it. I kind of was, was it, turned was off it just really, by the trailer. Really yeah. It's ninety-seven minutes of my life. I'm never getting back. <laughs> oh, bummer. I think being stabbed in the eyes with flaming weasels would be much more entertaining. <laughs> that would be entertaining, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I would. I would sit ninety-seven minutes to see that. I did see the movie. <laughs> I will say that they, they spent. You know, the, this. I thought the sleeve stack looked good in that movie, and mm-hmm. some of the other things that were homage to Land of the Lost. But yeah, as movies goes, if they if they do another Land of the Lost project, it would be good. <laughs> to, to redeem, redeem it, it. Yeah, yeah, redeem it a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it would be good to see um, you know cameos from the original crew. Oh heck yeah, yeah, it's always good to see that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, all right, and, and I forgot to I go forgot ahead. to ask her too because I'm a huge Adam Twelve fan. She was on an mm-hmm. episode of Adam Twelve, and I was totally kicking myself afterwards because I didn't realize it. You know, I wanted to kind of pick her brain about uh, Jack Webb and Adam Twelve, but uh, anyway. Well, uh, let's hear your uh, your number five or your fifth number one. Uh, well, I guess really um, us kind of talking about this, the really the top of the charts would be just hanging with all our friends there. I mean, getting to see all the people we only see once a year, and you know, catching up on stories and just hanging out and having a good time, and it's really honestly, it's like reconnecting with our family. So. That's 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 probably number one because we have such a good time with all those folks. Totally. Yeah. 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 That 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 is very awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those uh, five moments from Star Trek Las Vegas. You know, it's a little bit of a different view than I think we've had you share something similar like this in past years, and it's a little bit different than hey, we saw you know William Shatner and we were five feet away from him. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit different of a view than. And the way you kind of experienced it this year, and it's neat to see something different. Yeah. And oh, this yeah, year we totally. didn't get insulted by Brent Spiner. So right. That was oh, great. that's a top five right there. <laughs> yeah. Not getting insulted by yeah, him. There you yes. That's right. That's top. Why am I and not it's only because, by that statement? I know, right? <laughs> and it's only because he wasn't there. 
So. Oh, right. Totally. <laughs> well, he was at Shirley. That's probably yes. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so then the question becomes, did you guys get a walk by insulting from him? <laughs> no, we, no, nope. he, he wow. wouldn't, he wouldn't even dine to, to d- 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 whatever the word is, dine or dine to insult us. I mean, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, look at us, right? But basically, <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean, now granted, his panel was—he's very entertaining on stage. Mm-hmm. He oh, made yeah. me laugh so, a lot. Um, his but, Patrick Stewart impersonation, second to none. Uh, yeah, and, and, and <laughs> Ian McKellen—they're grand. They're both those. You know, he—he's he, really good. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the table, it was—he um, just wasn't. Let's just say he wasn't as approachable as some of the other guests over there. Yeah, yeah. I could totally oh, see yeah. that. But that's—I mean—that's Brent's shit. But you so. kind of expect yeah. it, yeah. So like, you don't go. Like I was not that shocked nah. when we got our little walk by <laughs> insulting, but uh, yeah. I, I suppose but it, didn't know. It, what did he it didn't happen this year so yeah that was awesome yeah. so, uh, <laughs> please tell so, me what he said yeah. <laughs> maybe after we stop recording yeah <laughs> oh I'm not recording this go no, this <laughs> you know that's that's I mean so this year you got the LeVar Burton stubbing Right. <laughs> right, right, right snubbed by him so but mm-hmm. so well we, he was semi involved in the um the Brent Spiner, Spiner incident. incident. Yeah. So yeah. we think maybe that's why we got the look this year. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. We did interview Lavar under the Reading Rainbow guys that he was when he was releasing that. But yeah, after, after, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. We can talk after. This show. <laughs> Fully understand. Yeah. <laughs> but but and then there's Christopher Judge. But we won't talk. About oh, it. wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally another yeah. story. All Great actor. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're gonna have to come to Shirley next year then, because I need to hear all of these. Oh yeah, yeah. there are some good stories there. Well, we got to wrap up the show here. Thank you so much, Chris and Charity, for coming on. Can you tell us, our listeners, a little bit about where they can find you on the interweb and how they can go and support some of the work you're doing? Sure. Yeah. Um, you can go to buybyerobot.com. We have a fully licensed Star Trek poster set. We have uh, several Trek artists. Fine art. Yeah, exactly. We have several artists that we work with um, that do a, a myriad of styles. Uh, you can find some of it on thinkgeek.com as well. Uh, but to find the most current, most recent stuff, come to buybyerobot.com. And we'll be uh, releasing about 10 new posters real soon. So keep checking back, too. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. And you can go to subspacecommunicate.com and see stories from July. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully soon we shall be um, yeah. starting back up. So that yeah. will be good. I've been working pretty much nonstop lot, the last six well, months. Well, we, so. we both have. Yeah. And, yeah. You guys need a break when you do that. It's not, it's <laughs> exactly. not, it's not, like, it's not like they're paying you to... Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a labor of love. So hopefully we can get back into that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chris and Charity, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And we are going to get out of here tonight. So thank you guys so much for joining us and sticking with us through the interview and through the news stories. And uh, Chris and Charity, we love having you guys on. Always. Yeah. Thank thanks you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We will see ya. Everybody do your dailies. thank you so much for visiting the sci-fi diner we hope you enjoyed the food and the service and the conversations if you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about or tell us what you're watching or reading flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or 
click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com. Or send an MP3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash scifidiner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at scifidinerpodcast.com. say all the terrible things we wanted to say earlier oh my god this show sucks all of it sucks star trek is stupid people have no idea what they're getting to go outside people (laughs) see that big thing in the sky it's not just a star it's the sun i'm so glad i'm recording that now (laughs) that is so going in there that's good material there there's a group of people i hang out with and they they get together and game every Monday night, and then they do something every Tuesday night. And uh, God love them, that's awesome. But I'm like, can you? Can we? How about we do something different? No, different, bad gaming. <laughs> no, hey, I got an idea. Let's go outside.